We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Is Oh, yeah. You're on mute, though. I can't hear your beautiful voice. I, I muted myself on purpose. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat real quick. Oh, but that's what the people want. That's yeah. like what two of Colin's cousins want. I think they're in the minority. <laughs> I put out the poll and everyone comes back saying yes. And it's oh, yeah. more than two people. <laughs> well, what are you eating? Um, chicken, rice, and broccoli, the usual. <laughs> that's the if, if Cajun spiced veggies is the math, then then chicken rice and broccoli is the Ethan. Exactly. Yes, exactly right. We 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 are uh, creatures of habit, apparently. Yeah, except I had beef stew tonight. Oh, oh yeah. there you go. Is it's that good. the same the same batch from last week? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got. I still have a, a buttload in the fridge right now. Yeah, I kind of want to try this uh, this Matt Root beef stew next time I come to town. Oh, absolutely. I've yeah. I've had to tweak it a little bit because old wives' tale. If you ever oversalt a, a soup. You're supposed to put a potato in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I think by putting like two and a half times a potato in this, it it doesn't taste like it was very seasoned at all. So I've got to like after the fact add seasonings before I reheat it. That was a mm-hmm. so whoops. I got a little got a little potato crazy in there. Mm. Do you feel like it tastes better when you reheat it like because it's had time to like kind of like the meat tastes better because it's uh, like everything that's in the stew tastes better because it's seeped in like all the no i mean i simmer it on the you know on the stove for like two or three hours so yeah i think i think it's already incorporated to use a phrase for my brother um, incorporated so i mean i've been adding like i've been experimenting i've been adding a little tonight it was a little bit of garlic salt and a little bit of frank's red hot give it a little bit of sauce or salt flavor and Mm-hmm. Some spice that, that did the trick tonight. Nice. I just feel like soup and stew is one of those things that could legitimately taste better heated up a second time around, like chicken wings. I oh yeah, like, or like that, like a a chicken wing that's heated up. I don't I don't know if it's because like the sauce soaks into the to the breading or whatever it is, but ah, it's so good. That disappointed face is because I just opened my beer. And instead of hearing that nice, I call it a crisp, but that sound of like the beer opening, mm-hmm. no sound. Go, go check the audio, listeners. There was no sound, <laughs> which means that this is probably a still beer, which sucks. Uh oh. And it's from Aslan, Ethan. I'm a little pissed off because this was an expensive bottle. Yeah, that's not acceptable from a because they yeah they're they um they're not cheap ever. This was the second beer that I've had from that was still. Wow. And yep. Nothing. No, not wow. even the hint of a little fuzzy head there. Now, do you think that that could have been on purpose? No. No? No. Uh, if it was on purpose, they would say it would be a still beer. They would come out and okay. say it. Because I know some of the stouts that I've had in uh, recent years, some of like the newer, you know, fancier stouts, some of them do come out with like barely any head at all they and are, are like very pretty watery. very 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 lightly carbonated yeah but you still always should hear that sound when you open it up okay so you're not gonna drink that beer no i'm gonna drink i'm gonna drink probably at least the glass i just poured is it's it too so much what? too much stuff in there for me not to it's a uh imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with vanilla coconut marshmallows cocoa nibs brownie mix and cookie dough wow. jesus christ Oh yeah. 
<laughs> how do you like balance that? And how do you balance that many flavors? Like this is like, we don't have to go into like the weeds on this, but Matt is like the, the person who understands the process and who loves the beer so much. Like, doesn't that seem like that's just too much? Yeah. Um, depending on the temperature that's served um, and your palate, you can taste different things. Um, okay. For example, uh, like the, the the flavor of beer will change as it warms up. So certain things may express themselves at different times. Um, so that's why some beers will actually see a uh, temperature suggestion um, where you should like what you should drink it at. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, side hint, that's also why a lot of your yellow American beer, they want you to serve it ice cold like the Rockies because you taste less. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, drink drink a warm Coors next time and <laughs> taste oh. everything. You won't. Yeah, like it's it. fucking disgusting. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, mean, I don't know. I'll probably looking at this, maybe I'll get some brownie mix and chocolate. Yeah. Just kind of, you know. Well, uh, report back in a few minutes after you're a few sips in. I'd be uh, I'd be curious. Yeah. So. Oh, man. Can you get right. some music going here, Colin? Or what's on, what's on the docket, boss? Yeah. Well, uh, Matt was talking about his beer. I've got a Matt Root beer, too. Nice. From from the boss himself. This is a Alien Shake Extra Vanilla Reptoid. Reptoid. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Milkshake IPA. Matt knows I'm a big milkshake IPA guy. Yeah, what are you doing drinking that now? Same with that unrefined you checked in a couple days ago, man. It's, it's got to drink them fresh. What do you drink mean? Them fresh. What do you mean? Yeah. Explain it, Matt. He doesn't know. Explain it. So if it's an IPA, you generally, for the best flavor, want to drink it within a two-month window. Um, How long have I had this? Check the bottom of the can. What does it say? Well, I haven't had it since 11-2-21, but it says 11-2-21. But I I did send it to you at the end of November. Damn. So, just just pro tip, pro tip, learning experience. Mm. Um, It's not that older than that. I mean, it still could taste completely fine. Um, So... But with IPAs, especially with the hoppier ones, um, the longer they sit in a can, the more of an opportunity they have to oxidize. And that's where you'll lose that really, really citrusy, fruity, floral flavor. The, the later it gets, if you, you ever get an IPA that's like half a year old, Colin, that tastes like wet cardboard, mm-hmm. that, that's what it is. You're not tasting the actual IPA. You're just tasting the old. Okay. Um, so you always want to shoot for... I, I try to do two months or less. Um, if a company is really, really, really good with their canning operation, meaning they're getting a perfect seal, they're blasting the can with uh, CO2 first to displace the oxygen. They're getting a really, really good fill all the way up to the top to get, displace any gas. Then, you, you know, like there's, there's some breweries out there that do a really good job with their canning and they can last longer. Uh, and that's not to say, I mean, you'll still see a lot of breweries say, hey, this is good for the next six months. Um, but if you want to get that truest, happiest deliciousness, um, try and do it within two, two months of, uh, the born on date. Now, Matt, does that apply also to West coast IPAs or is this more for like the new England hazy stuff? Um, I'd say the new England hazy stuff is more susceptible to it, but it is, it applies to most all hoppy beers. It does. Okay. Yep. Okay. But now Colin, the caveat there is. Colin's drinking a, a vanilla lactose uh, sugared up milkshake IPA, which you're still going to get that nice sweetness and that, and that nice vanilla out of it. So uh, I'm yeah. betting that still tastes pretty good. You're just not going to get the hops that are supposed to be in there too. So, okay. Um, yeah, it definitely still tastes good. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. You know, it, it's, I guess, like I said, after two months, there's plenty of good beers out there, but let me put it this way. Your probability of having something that doesn't taste right starts increasing after that two month point yeah if that makes any sense all right yeah fair enough lesson learned thank you mr root beer master class with matt i'm just happy to start playing the matt's talking too long music (laughs) do we have music for that (laughs) we'll just colin will put on like the background music oh just yeah the background music when one of us is like rambling on forever (laughs) yeah just put on like 
just like real simple like yeah you should play you should put on that exact recording that ethan just said <laughs> <laughs> if i wasn't laughing in the background i'll we'll have to get a clear clear clean cut mm-hmm. uh, man all right and before i'm done with my beer uh matt saw this when we were speaking before recording uh this this is my beer glass uh, oh fuck one, yeah for those nice. who those who are listening, uh, this is a, a beer glass with the two jacks and a schlub logo on it. It comes from family friend of the pod, Aunt Kayla. Uh, it was part of my Christmas one of my Christmas presents uh, from her. So um, she's really she she like when Stella was born. She she's got like a uh, she's gonna hate me for butchering this, but some type of machine that like she made Stella some um some onesies that had like SU stuff on them Penn State stuff on them um and and everything and um yep she gave me a a a four pack of uh these nice beer glasses and I'm one of them was this logo so very nice Aunt Kayla fucking killed it yeah yep yep so shout out Aunt Kayla nice awesome what else we got boys Matt's running the show today by by the way Ethan Matt's running the show today really Yes. Uh, Colin's just depressed because of the state of Major League Baseball. So I, I had like mm. two or three ideas I was latching on to. So we I have two things I want to talk about. Um, well, Colin, no, no intro music. Are we going to do the, you know, or are we just going to go? <laughs> do you want to I mean, we've this? already been talking for like seven minutes at this point. I don't think it's worth it. Well, yeah, but Matt, Matt knows they, this, sometimes they talk even longer on the Scrubs rewatch show and uh, oh, yeah, is that they, right? They still play the music. Yeah. So, you know, I actually, I haven't, I haven't been listening to that in a while. I, yeah, I, I got to catch either. up. After yeah. the the last live show episode, I haven't I haven't listened. I've been yeah. Ethan. I've been been going down the Codex Solera uh, oh, rabbit hole. Nice. Yeah, so I'm almost at the end of the fifth book. So I enjoyed those very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The first Lord just died for all mm-hmm. of you out there. So <laughs> this is a fantasy series by um, my favorite author Jim Butcher, and uh, he wrote my favorite series of all time called The Dresden Files, which I. Uh, converted matt to and matt matt uh, listened to all of those and and i think really liked them and now matt's reading the uh the other big butcher series uh codex alera yeah it, it's great because he was it was little it's almost like a green eggs and ham type bet like <laughs> jim butcher was asked like given a super ridiculous concept and asked if he could write a, a book series about it i think they told him like roman soldiers and pokemon um and that's where he came up with the concept not anywhere near like pokemon but some aspects of it where it's yeah. like all right They've got these, uh, you know, elemental beings or creatures or forces they can manipulate. So it's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. So I, I've been I've been stuck stuck down that hole. I got one more, one more book after this. Nice. Um, so I'm making my way through that. Awesome. But um, I got I got some conspiracy theories. At least one. Oh yeah. Um. Well, we'll go over two. Let's go over two because I discussed one with Colin. Um, about Pete Alonzo, but um, the first one, uh, Ethan, there's a shadowy organization that every, say, January exerts their control over the populace of the United States. Um, they're, they're, they're a faux paramilitary organization. They're involved in, in um, media and um, they're involved in mass food production. I'm talking about the Girl Scouts. I swear <laughs> they time the release of cookies perfectly every year at the exact point that 99% of America is giving up on the resolutions. Like <laughs> I, just that sound that you heard yesterday was 99% of America going, oh, fuck, Girl Scout cookies are out. Um, because I swear to God, that was like the first thing I thought is like, well, I'm not really, I'm, I'm only trying to be healthier around beer, but like if I was, if I was, you know, hitting the gym and really, really trying to get healthy, you know, three, three weeks into the new year, boom, got to get those dosey does and Samoas. And, mm. and, you know, they've every year they come out with a sinister new flavor. Like this year, it's a sea salted caramel brownie cookie thing that just, whoa. Of course, I had to get one box just, just to experiment and see what it tastes like. Holy crap. Um, so, yeah, it's like a, cup brownie cup with caramel in the middle and oh yeah mm-hmm. definitely about to get those yeah mm-hmm. so shout out to uh the the girl scout i i i 
bought some cookies from my former boss's uh, daughter's troop up in Solon, Ohio. Shout out. Thank you for the cookies. I'm looking forward to them. Um, <laughs> the other. Wait, 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 wait. Before, uh, you, before you move on, Pandemic Toddy last year bought so many Girl Scout cookies that we still had them in December, like a month <laughs> wow. ago. Wow. I remember, I think I remember some at uh, Memorial Day. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. We, well, I was just trying to give them away at, at one point. I mean, I love them and everything, but we just had so many. It's sneaky, Hilarious. too, because if you're buying them online, it's like you must buy at least four boxes for us to ship yeah. them to you. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, they, they, they get me at the uh, Harris Teeter right by our house to like <laughs> set up shop right outside there. And I'll be like, ah, those entrepreneurs can't yeah. turn them down. Yeah. Paramilitary organization with their badges yeah. and their leadership hierarchy and their troops. That's right. That's right. Oh um, well, in the future, Stella will be a Girl Scout, so you can buy cookies directly from her. Okay, that's, okay. that's fine. <laughs> uh, as long as they have the right kind of s'mores cookies. <laughs> I learned this last year. Apparently, there's like two different bakeries that make them. So depending on where you order them in the country, you get different styles of like a couple of the cookies. Wow. Yeah, that is interesting because I like the I tried the s'mores last year from Ohio and was like, oh man, these are great. So I bought them outside a grocery store here this year, and I was like, what the hell? These are different. These are different. Matt, I don't like them. Matt, that seems like a conspiracy within the conspiracy. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. JFK is going to Junior is going to show up in Dallas. Everyone, <laughs> <laughs> where his father got murdered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the newest one was uh, at the Arizona rally. It was actually JFK in disguise. Uh, he dressed up like Trump and had prosthetic makeup on because the Trump that was on stage was shorter than actual Trump. Is that a real conspiracy theory? Yes. Yes. How do you find out about this shit? What websites have you been going to? New sites, CNN. Jesus fucking Christ. And, and yes, before anyone says, I know... There are plenty of people who say CNN isn't news too. I look, I look at a whole host of different sites, um, but that was the one. Okay. Oh, but uh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. Sorry. I'm like, oh, I'm, no. I'm, oh, no. I'm yeah, like you very. So your conspiracies weren't going to send them on a rant. <laughs> oh, did you guys talk about this beforehand? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not ranting about the conspiracies. Um, so, and I actually, I'm like all tired today. I wasn't planning on getting all like fired up, but I have to acknowledge this, Matt. You just you just mentioned like using CNN as, as a source, and then you like apologized for CNN, like to any potential listeners who like don't view CNN as valid. You like apologize to them. If we have any listeners who think of CNN as not valid, like you're a fucking idiot. Like my, it's it can be it's a centrist news source, but these are actual reporters. Reporters have real jobs. They have real standards. These are not people who are just making shit up. CNN is. I'm not saying I love CNN. I don't. I'm a fucking leftist. I don't love CNN, but. This idea that like reporters are not some real job and they can just write whatever the fuck they want. That is like what Trump has convinced people in the last five years. Now for Newsmax and OAN and Breitbart, yeah, they can write whatever the fuck they want. But for actual news organizations, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, whatever, there are actual like professional standards. These people can't just make shit up. In op-ed, they can say what they want. But in actual reporting, there are standards. So I, I hate this idea that we that we feel like we have to like cater to other people's ideas about like oh this news and that news and this news and that news no like there's real reporting and sure there are slants there are some of these organizations are a little bit more liberal some are a little bit more conservative but actual reporting is actual reporting thank you i was not i was not (laughs) thank you for clarifying i was not saying that cnn was but yes um (laughs) sorry chris wallace versus tucker carlson chris wallace's fucking news tucker carlson's a fucking dipshit white white supremacist who uh likes asking questions that are just yeah sorry you didn't say anything like particularly heinous or anything but it was just just the hint of it was there enough (laughs) that i felt like i needed to say this because in case we have any listeners who like have over the last few years started to doubt journalism or if they've if they have fallen under the sway of this sort of like mass idea that has been you know becoming more and more popular you you need to reconsider and you need to understand that that they are working their job just like you and they have standards they have to meet just like you they they can't just make shit up at least not in these in these big ones that we're talking about 
So uh, our listeners probably don't need to hear that, but I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. Like I just felt it. I felt it in my chest. And if I didn't get it out, I was going to be like, I, I don't know. I was going to be like awake and crazy for the next three days. So I, I, Matt, I mean, Matt. I really appreciated that rant. That was a good one. That was a really good one. So <laughs> Matt, this, this is the best part about hosting the show is like, you have to try to remember everything that you wanted to get to while Ethan just rants into the microphone yeah, for that's 10 fine. minutes. Straight. That's fine. Uh, I, I do. I do. Can I go to the other conspiracy theory though? Yes, you please. The please. Yeah, this yeah, one you're, the, is, you're the boss tonight, right? This one is more, it's, it's got a sports tilt to it. So, so we're in the middle of a giant standoff between the union and the ma- the player or the players association and the owners in the major leagues. And there are, there's tons of back and forth now. So there's, coordinated uh, attacks on the owners by the players association. You can see the Twitter activity is coordinated in certain areas to go after the owners or go after Manfred. There are coordinated attacks by the owners on the players. Uh, the the, the uh, thing I was telling Colin about earlier is there was a, an article about the MLB.com and the MLB hiring a reporter specifically to write articles about how great the union has it and how strong the union is and like how great the conditions are for players and how it's the best place to work ever. Meanwhile, the fact that their payrolls are we're, we're down to 2015 levels this year um, while the league makes more and more money than they ever have ever. Um, so, you know, there's, there's back and forth. But there was one attack or, or uh, allegation leveled by Pete Alonzo that I thought was, I mean, it sounds too sinister, but, but it's also one I was like, you know, um, I can't, I don't believe it, but it, it, it could be plausible. Um, and I know this is like how people start down like QAnon holes too, but so here oh we boy. go. Um, <laughs> 2019 to 2021, the juice balls controversy. Um, in the middle of it all, and I can't remember the exact date, MLB did come out and say, we have found some differences between baseballs. Uh, while they were all still in tolerance, some of them were not wound tightly or wound too tightly or the core was heavier. There was some difference they found that basically let, let, 2019 baseballs be juiced and, and led to higher home run rates versus 2021 balls being uh, less uh, aerodynamically active and not, you know, resulting in fewer home runs. And, and what Pete Alonso is alleging, alleging is that that was done on purpose. Uh, the MLB was going to say this was all within our tolerances for a standard baseball. But Pete Alonso says it's on purpose. He said in 2019, there was such a fantastic crop of free agent pitchers coming to the market. Think Garrett Cole, think all the other people I can't think of right now, <sighs> Garrett Cole and company, that the major leagues wanted to purposely drive up pitchers' ERAs by increasing home runs and increasing offense that year to decrease the amount of money that pitchers could get and decrease their leverage in free agency. Con- or subsequently, they then altered the baseball to decrease its aerodynamic capability so that it would decrease offense and decrease home runs to hurt the earning capability and earning potential of the large crop of slugging shortstops and other free agents hitting the market this year. He is alleging that that was a coordinated move by the majors, by the owners in order to keep salaries down. Do you guys have any thoughts? Okay. So first of all, I think that we need to get a we need to get a sound uh, capture of Matt's baseball official voice, uh, representative of, of Major League Baseball voice. That was uh, we we have to have that voice for something. I don't know if I can even do it again right now. I know it was really good though. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's hilarious. I actually agree with what you said in your preface to this whole thing. I I do think it's plausible. I generally do not go in for conspiracy theories at all, but I do think it's plausible. Um, whether whether it was a true conscious decision on MLB's part or whether it was just incompetence on their part. Um, because one thing we've learned about about like Major League Baseball, not just in our lifetimes, but just by studying its history, um, the people who run baseball are fucking idiots. And they pretty much have been like for all of history, like baseball. The fact that baseball succeeds and is still a major sport is in spite of Uh, it's administration. The administration doesn't help it. It's in spite of the administration, right? That, which just tells you that baseball is like a wonderful game and that people like us and everything just have such a deep love for it that we can, you know, we can handle the fact that it's like run by morons and that every five years we have a new fucking scandal that consumes us for, for three years, you know? Um, So I don't know, I guess it, it doesn't, 
to, uh, I guess it doesn't seem as far fetched to me because this is and this is what really happened. Uh, you guys both know, but I don't think we talked about it on the pod. Ken Rosenthal, one of the most uh, highly respected and admired journalists in the baseball world, was unceremoniously fired from the MLB network just a few weeks ago. And the the consensus was was that he wrote something. I don't know exactly what, but he wrote something that Commissioner Rob Manfred did not care for. And so just that action on its own. Manfred. That that's a key point. What's that? He was he was critical of Manfred. He was it critical of Manfred. It wasn't in just his some team. random topic. He was critical of Manfred directly, right? And but here's the thing about Kenny Rosenthal. For those who haven't read him, like his writing, I don't actually love his writing because it's very very just like straight and to the point. It's just like a recitation of facts. But that's good. Like he's good at his job. But like I don't find his at least the stuff I've read is not as exciting or engaging. But that's what makes this crazier. Like, there's no chance Kenny Rosenthal is not writing some article saying stuff about Rob Manfred that I would say, right? Like, I might say, Rob Manfred's a fucking idiot. He fucking sucks. <laughs> Ken Rosenthal is not writing that. Like, he is a really classy guy. He wears his lovely bow ties on national television. Like, he's awesome. He's He is, he is beloved throughout the game. And so the fact that the commissioner got criticized and then he was fired, like, that tells you. I mean, that tells you kind of the state of the fucking administration of this game. So... All of that to say that, you know, you can't go in for a conspiracy theory just on that alone. But I do think that that's indicative of the fact that, like, the people running baseball are, like, stupid enough and insecure enough to maybe do some nefarious bullshit like that. Like, I, you know, I I don't think it's maybe as far-fetched as it should be. That's my um, thought. Kyle. Oh, yeah. Uh, oddly enough, there's there's rumors out there that after a particularly combative interview with Dan Lebetard, Manfred also tried getting pulling strings at ESPN to get Levitard fired. Um, Hilarious. What so, a fucking... Ugh. It, now, Levitard went right after him. I mean, Levitard... Uh, Levitard doesn't fuck around. I like Levitard. Yeah. yeah, he did not pull punches. Uh, well, he, he has like his own uh, thing now, so yeah, yeah, I think he can say what he wants. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's a good one. Colin, yeah. your, your thoughts? Two words. Capital preservation. Mm. Yeah. The owners... Yeah. That's all they care about yeah. is money. Well, not just preservation, growth, right? Growth of their own pockets, no matter what it means for anybody else, right? Yeah. 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 So, 100%. 100%. That is all it is for them. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's not even really a conspiracy. It's like, I'm sure there were owners that wanted this to happen, <laughs> that wanted pitchers to fail heading into the 2020 free agency, that yeah. wanted hitters to fail heading into 2021, because time and time again, we, it has been proven in a court of law, even in over the course of history, that owners suppress salaries to make money. So, I mean, it, yeah. it, it yeah. doesn't sound crazy to me. I mean, it's amazing how he kind of pieced it all together. Like that part of it is pretty incredible. But, you know, when you, when you really think about it, it's not all that surprising because the owners don't care. And I don't know. It's I'm so as Matt alluded to, I'm I'm really sad and uh, depressed about how this baseball offseason has gone. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm I have like a sl- slight hope of they're going to figure shit out in the next week or two in, in spring training. But um, when are pitchers and catchers supposed to report this year if everything was good? Like like around my, it's weeks. always around my birthday. So it's like it's always around your birthday, mid, mid, mid February. So we're talking about probably just a little bit under a month. Yeah. Now yeah, I'm doubtful. I'm doubtful. I'm I'm doubtful it's coming back. I have a silver bullet that may kind of disprove Pete Alonso's tinfoil hat theory, um, and that is if they really really wanted to hold down offense this year, um, they wouldn't have implemented the pine tar spider, or the sticky yeah. stuff spider tack rules mid season. Um, right, but that also just would I mean. But I think it was been, like but that so was blatant in the game that they like Manfred couldn't ignore it. Exactly. It had gotten so bad and that you talking about like yeah. capital preservation or just preservation of the game in general, it had gotten so bad that just all strikeouts and walks and homers, as we've talked about, and this is still a problem baseball has to figure out the sticky stuff alone was not the, was not the only cause, but like, yeah, it had gotten bad enough. Like something needed to fucking be done when, when that was only in June. Sliders, remember that was June. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. But like when everybody in their in their half brother is throwing a hundred, whereas like twenty years ago when we were kids, like nobody threw a hundred, right? Like mid nineties, maybe Mark Randy. Bowlers. Randy might have hit it occasionally, 
But I remember like, I remember, I remember in the 2000s when Joel Zumaya had his couple big years with the Tigers as a reliever, he was like a huge deal as hitting like a hundred on the reg. He was huge deal for that, you know, but now everybody fucking throws 98 to a hundred starters, relievers, these sliders that we're looking at are unbelievable. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. I think athletes now are better than they've ever been, but when you see pitching like that, you gotta, you gotta think, okay, there's, there's a little something. And Trevor Bauer, we know that uh, there's lots of legal issues and, and we're not going to touch that right now until we know more. But he had this thing on Twitter last, uh, last year where he, where he had this really good short video. He was like, MLB, I got a question for you. Is this legal or illegal? He has a baseball. He holds it like this with his hand straight out and the ball hanging and it just sticks to his hand. It does not drop. It does not drop from the bottom of his hand. And that was not even from like this, the, um, the was spider sweat, and, sweat and resin, right? Or yeah. Rosin. Yeah. Sweat and rosin. Exactly. Um, so that's fact. So you figure like if the ball can already get that sticky just from sweat and rosin, like, my God, what is spider tack and whatever other shit going to do? Like, that's how we are seeing these fucking pitches that we're seeing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. You know, what's really interesting about all the spider you know, stuff and the, and the sticky stuff is David Cohn who we all adore and shout out to him for getting that Sunday night baseball. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Um, He is adamant that he would have never touched it, that he didn't use anything. And then they had uh Oh, they just had someone on who's uh, currently pitching. Uh, He's, he pitches for the A's. He's one of the A's best pitchers. Uh, He got hurt. He got hit with a line drive. I can't remember what his name is. He doesn't use anything. He like, he's like, you can just throw away the rosin bag. Like I don't touch anything. And I, I, I think it's a, a very small percentage of pitchers that like don't use anything and just rely on the New Jersey mud uh, that, <laughs> that the bat boy in the, in the clubhouse mud. does. <laughs> oh, Mississippi, whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting that like, you would think it's an obvious tactical advantage, but you have people in the game currently and people who pitched really, really well for a long time in baseball who are like, I would never touch that stuff. Yeah. But also, I mean, I, I'm going to say it's been around for longer than just these two years. I still remember oh, yeah. seven or eight years ago, um, Clay Buckholtz putting sunscreen on in the dome in <laughs> in in Toronto, like, what are you wearing sunscreen <laughs> for there, bud? Oh, Why are you bouncing it all over your arms and then mixing mud in it with your forearm? Like, hey, hey, on, hey! Man. I met Clay Buckholtz at Daisy Dukes in Syracuse. That's right, I remember that. Wait, what? Hilarious! He was on a rehab, um, pitching for Pawtucket, and he was at Daisy Dukes. I was with Dan LaDuke, and of course, Dan LaDuke knew like right away, and he bought us around. He we talked to him for like 20 minutes. Nobody else knew who he was. <laughs> we just hung out with him. That's kind of cool. Yeah. He had every opportunity to Nancy Kerrigan him or Tanya Harding him or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. No, oh, that, man. he wasn't a Red Sox forever. So I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he wasn't even that. He wasn't that great. Right? No, I mean, he had like he two had a couple seasons. solid years, but yeah. 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 Um, yeah, anyone else got conspiracy theories? I don't have any conspiracy Nothing. theories off the top of my head, no. I'm, I'm all, uh, since I'm driving, I'm going to move to shout-outs right now because I don't want to forget them. So I forgot last week, shout-out to the Vicks out in Cleveland. Uh, I mentioned once before, board game weekend was this past weekend. And uh, uh, they were they were, they were were killing it. I saw that. I mean, they've, they, they, they've made their own board games. They go to Gen Con, the board game convention, Gen Con, excuse me, every year. They used to go every year before, you know, things went away. Um, they, they even, uh, they've got an app to track what games you play and what you want to play. And it's just, I don't know, I just, I miss it. I miss, I only went over one year, but it was so much fun, even for someone who was not uh, that, that involved in, in board games. Like they were, they were knowledgeable enough to like match match games to my skill level like oh well we'll have fun playing this since you don't really know what you're doing like not that's not what they said but it was a lot of fun so shout out i hope game board game weekend went well i miss you guys uh and number two i gotta put this in the 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 instagram link shout out to uh hank hershey down in the bayou uh i'm rocking the hank's bait shop t-shirt it's a great Uh, shirt so so henry i went to college with him he's one of those guys that's just like good at everything like he was a superior crew athlete he looks like a young sylvester stallone um 
you know, he, he could like, Ethan, you like him because he just walk in the room and pick up a banjo and start playing and singing or like walk over the piano and start like, bloop, 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 bloop. I'm really good at piano and singing. Yeah. Um, but he's also an incredibly good artist. Uh, so he's doing graduate work down in, I think, Alabama or Mississippi. Um, I don't know, some sort of preservation or ecology work. But uh, he started the company called Hank's Fish Art. And that's kind of morphed into Hank's Bait Shop, which is not an actual bait shop. It's just his apparel brand where he's doing <laughs> logos and apparel. And I mean, he's got lots of drawings of fish, too. But um, he's got some really, really cool stuff out there. So I wanted to uh, give him a shout out. And yeah, I'm going to look this shit up. It sounds pretty fun. Yeah, uh, he's he's awesome guy. Like I said, great. He, he's that guy that like does a summer internship in Alaska, like helping salmon spawn. And then like messages like, hey, anyone want some salmon? I'm like vacuum packing and shipping it back to new jersey and just let me know and like <laughs> not even asking for any money just showed up in my room one day with like 30 pounds of wild alaskan salmon like here you go like <laughs> holy shit i didn't even know what to do with it so i gave it to my mom and said you, you let's figure out how to cook this yeah so, awesome guy mr awesome. hank hope you're doing well visit nice. henry's or visit hank's bait shop yeah. anyone else got some shout outs though um, I don't have shout outs. I have two things I want to talk about at some point, two non-sports things, but uh, All right. no shout outs off the top of my head. Let's, well, we got, we got Ethan's stuff and, and then I've got the Big Ben conversation. You want to, you want to talk about that first or your stuff first, Ethan? Let, let's do Big Ben. Let's do Big Ben. Yeah. All my right. my so, shit's more laid back. We'll do that later. Yeah. So we had an interesting discussion earlier this week. Um, Basically, we? I think I think me and you had an interesting discussion and, and Ethan felt like he needed to correct us on what we were talking about. <laughs> well, well, OK, I was your, busy me... doing shit and I just was able to chime in really quickly. Well, then here. you guys you guys should fill the, the time now instead of me. But basically, my, my the question I posed was. Um, Big Ben was good at football. For those and... who don't know, Big Ben is Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback for the Steelers. Soon to be retiring quarterback for the yep. Steelers, most likely. Um, he was pretty good at playing football, but not much else. And he had two <laughs> really high profile um, sexual assault and rape cases against him in the uh, early. Was it 2008, 2010, something 2008, like that? 2008, 2010, yeah. Um, and yet his career survived. And what I wanted to add, and I mean, these were, these were fairly credible accusations too. Uh, you know, settlements happened. There were witnesses, things happened. Um, yeah. There's no, there's no big settlements happening if, if there wasn't like some fucking shit that went down. Like, so, so if this happens today, does, does he still in today's era and today's climate, does he still have a career? And is he still remembered as finally as he is? And I, that, that was kind of the question I posed. Yeah, and I think this is a really great question, and I, I definitely want Kyle to talk about what he was saying in the text thread because I think Kyle um, had a really good point. Uh, my inclination is that the answer to both um, would be no um, in, in the modern climate. Um, I think uh, it's it's weird. It's always weird to kind of talk about this, and I know I mentioned this in the texting. I do think there are degrees to this kind of stuff when we're talking about degrees of severity, right? Um and I mean, it seems like sexual assault on its own, probably, you know, that's that's egregiously bad enough that that should that that should be it for somebody. Right. But I don't think it always is. I mean, I, I think there are so many people across sports who have had sexual assault, including uh, Domingo Herman and Araldis Chapman. Right. We uh, are yep. uh, on our Yankees um, sexual assault stuff all over the place. And that does not seem to be enough even now to to ruin these people's careers. So I don't think it's the assault part. I think the rape one is the one that might have done it. I think there's just like something different, whether who knows what the details of the case, um, um, they might have been relatively similar, but I think when you, when you start talking about actual rape, when you just that word, it's, it's on its own, uh, has so much more, I think like emotional baggage and rightfully so. And, um, so I feel like with that, maybe that would have been the kicker because clearly sexual assault on its own is still not uh, um, um, the kicker, at least in sports. We've seen like in Hollywood and in music and stuff like that, that it has like just boom, people's careers have just dropped off the cliff. Um, but in sports, that hasn't been the case. But I wonder if if the rape would be enough. Um, but the one other thing I want to say about the second point, Matt, about him being fondly remembered, what's weird about it is like, we know these things, and my understanding from what I have been reading and listening to is that 
he's basically been having a farewell tour the last couple of weeks and, and people like broadcasters and shit are talking about him very, very fondly. And it's like, I understand that all this shit happened before me too, but we are now several years after me, the me too era, right. Or into the me too era. And, and so you would, you would think that like somebody as high profile as this, that people would remember that, that this is like part of his past and that maybe the, the farewell tour and all, all this talk about him should not be so, so glowing and, and loving. Um, and, but it has been. And so that, that I think is more to, I assume what Colin is going to talk about, which is to say that as a society, we seem to be a little bit more forgiving for athletes, but Colin, I want to let you, uh, you know, get into that if you want to. Yeah. I I don't even know if it's necessarily as a society. I think it's just when there's, you know, it's supply and demand. Like when you're the one percent of one percent, yeah, and and you need a quarterback to play, like you're gonna get that chance. I mean, we we've seen it. So like you mentioned it, Ethan, like Chapman. Well, to a baseball. to a certain degree. Well, no, I, I meant like you know outside of sports, you know, maybe hmm. in Hollywood. Um, you know, Harvey Weinstein is a an obvious uh, example that comes to mind. Um, uh, this wasn't sexual assault, if I remember correctly, but Jonah Carey, uh, domestic violence, domestic violence, uh, right. You know, that he's in sports, you know, per se, but he's, he was a sports writer. He was big though. And his career's destroyed. Gone. So like, you know, it, 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 for me, it's the, the, the main difference is the talent. Yeah. Like that is the, the, the difference. Like, even in Hollywood, and and I understand there's like, you know, as actors and actresses and producers and and so on and so forth, there's like a certain talent that needs to be had to be successful and be on the big screen and you know all that type of stuff. But when it comes to athletics, like that is such a different animal. Like um, you got to stay healthy, you got to be mentally tough, you got to, you know, these these guys and and girls, because um, eventually this is this is gonna you know, come out, uh, against women in the future too. Um, it's, it's just like you, it's not giving them a free pass, but it, but it's almost like, you know, what, what else are they supposed to do if they want to stay competitive? Well, put um, it, like who, who started week, week 17 or week 18 for the giants, so Jake Glennon, from Glennon and from, yeah. So, so if, yeah, think about it this way. And this is why I, after you made this point the other day, Colin, I don't remember the backup back then. Is it Brian or Brian Maddox? Maybe like if those allegations were against Brian Maddox, he'd be gone. Like he'd be, he'd be scrubbed from the team. He'd be gone yeah, because but, you can replace him, but you but, can't replace. But, yeah. But it's the 1% yeah. of 1%. That's, that's what got me thinking that well, if it's Good a big fan, well, eh, he made, as Brian Greasy said the other night on, on the broadcast on Monday night, well, he had some bad judgment. Like, no, yeah. fuck, some fuck bad no. judgment. Like, he right. Fuck. It's yeah. the same. It's the same reason why I said Deshaun Watson is going to be a starting quarterback next year. Like there, there, right. you know, obviously like there, there are differences now, I think, than there were, you know, when, when like Ray Rice happened and before me too, like, you know, at least the league, like Watson barely played this year. Um, You know, he, he, they, they were like, all right, whatever. Like you have to get your legal shit figured out and, and then maybe you can play, Um, you know, whatever. So it, it does, I mean, these are just some football examples. And then obviously we were talking about Kobe and, um, you know, that was before me too. And before social media, even yeah, uh, yeah. with, with everything. And um, it's happened in baseball and uh, coaches, players, like it, it just, it seems like it's an everyday occurrence, unfortunately. Um, now, but I have a follow-up question, Kyle, once you're done, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm at the end of the day for me, it just comes down to that 1%. It's just that is why it seems like we're forgiving, and you know I think you know maybe fans could be forgiving, but like the reason that owners are forgiving is because they don't want to start a Jake Fromm or a Mike Lennon if they don't have to at quarterback, and in the in the league doesn't really want that too. I mean, let's be honest, we just talked about in baseball with the conspiracy, like they don't want those crap players playing either. They want the big stars out there because that drives revenue. So. um that it all supports it all supports a, a band-aid or a slap on the wrist um you know with with any type of behavior yeah so okay so my so my kind of follow-up then to all of this and i and i don't think we've talked about this before so i'm really curious what you guys think um 
<clears throat> where what is the line in terms of when we would like from a moral standpoint like truly forgive these people and feel good about playing them again so for instance um if ben roethlisberger has to pay like a 10 million dollar settlement or who knows what the money is i think i think the money figure matters but say he pays a settlement but he doesn't miss any playing time he doesn't have any prison time um is that enough is that enough do we feel like he has served his time um in baseball did, uh, didn't Herman get like an 80 game domestic violence suspension? Isn't that right? 82, 82, 60, 60. So is, is that enough? Do we feel like he served his time and we can fully forgive him and, and we can just, we can root for him and feel morally good about it. Like, where is the line? And I would really love to hear, um, from our, from any of our female listeners and especially the Shlabina who, who works in professional sports. I really would love to hear what she thinks about this, but like, cause none of these people, chances are. Right. Because at, at this point, we believe women. We know we know that women are not going to come forward in these situations and make shit up. We know how brutal it is. Women are still constantly attacked when they come forward in these situations. It sounds absolutely horrible. Um, so we believe women. Right. So these people, these men who are doing whether it's sexual assault, whether it's rape, domestic violence, it's fucking crime. And they aren't but they are not serving time. They're not serving any prison time. Nothing. Paying some settlements, maybe getting suspended from their sport. Um, where, when do we feel like, like, like they have served an acceptable amount of time? Like, and they are, they can now be re, uh, uh, re brought into society and we can feel good about it. Is there a line? Where is it? Well, and just for context, remember if I'm, if I'm remembering the article correctly, after Ben's second incident, the NFL had to kind of pretend they had a, a conduct policy in place and Ben was suspended four games, but I believe it was cut in half because he was being on his best behavior. I don't know. There was some reason that was cut in half, if I remember it correctly. Um, and what, what's what's supremely disappointing to this all? Because I still don't think that four games is enough, Ethan. Even if it isn't. Oh yeah, no um, way, no way. Know, if if it's not, uh, you know, um, litigated in court, it's still not enough. But and, and to Colin's point, I don't think this would happen. But my goal in an ideal in an ideal situation, the the NFL sees that. They realize they have a problem. They put policies in place to make sure it doesn't happen again. And maybe Ray Rice doesn't punch his girlfriend in the face and drag her onto an elevator. And that doesn't happen. But unfortunately, the depressing part is it still did. And, and there was a cover up for that incident, too, where the NFL was trying. I mean, the only reason that ended up blowing up is because the tape got out. So, like, right. I, that, that's that's the depressing part. And I think that's what kind of validates mm. what Colin says. And, and I don't know if you can put a number on it, Ethan. I don't know where where that number. I mean, I, I don't want to quantify someone's. Yeah, is it legitimate prison rape? time? Like, like is yeah. it you know like because if it was a regular member of society, right? Like you're and you commit like a bad enough crime, you're going to go to fucking prison. Um, so in that case, I feel like you know if these if these big time athletes did something and they went to prison, okay, then they served their time. That's that's how our society is structured. You do something, you serve your time then we give you another chance. That's how our society works. Well, that's what happened works. for Mike Vick, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, uh, that, was, that was dog, you know, it was animal cruelty, not yeah. rape. But. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. And I don't, and I, I, I agree with you, Matt. Like, I have no idea what it would be. And I, I really would love to hear um, from, uh, from Hannah and from whoever about this, because I just think it's... Um, a really thorny question, and 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 I would just be be curious to to hear anybody's thoughts on it. Just to can just I can I throw it. one more thorn in there? Do it. Uh, serving your time in prison is also um, a requirement. For that, is a justice system that treats everyone equally. True. And, oh, a hundred percent. What what what's what was that fucktard out in Arizona's name? That white kid raping a girl behind a dumpster who didn't get oh. prison time because they didn't want to ruin his life. Like yeah, fuck you, kid. I forgot about him. Rice yeah, or whatever his uh -huh. you know creamy right. white Caucasian name was. Yeah, that was um, that was Sorry. fucking devastating. That whole thing, Jesus yeah. Christ. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. That, no, you're we, absolutely we, right. We, we, you're absolutely right. As showrunner, we can we can move on from this unless you guys have any more thoughts. But well, uh, um, that's fine with me. And I know that whenever we get to my stuff, my stuff is very lighthearted. So we'll yeah, end let's, let's we'll end much stuff. less let, happy. Let, let's let's light this. Let, let's. Pump some helium into this. All right. So here we go. So I got two things on the docket for uh, for, for tonight. So um, number one is a continuation of pasta talk from last week. Um, <laughs> I am fucking horrified and mortified 
it is a travesty how many people are apparently team ravioli. We've been we've been seeing this on our social media. And granted, we have a relatively small community here. Uh, um, but like but, everyone, everyone but, who has commented but, has been team ravioli. But, hey, hey, but but what? I didn't even put a poll up for this one and people found I know the and they just fucking it. commented I know and the fact so listen okay now here this is for cousin Greg and I told cousin Greg he and I were talking about this on Facebook I will I will try some homemade fucking raviolis up in northeastern Pennsylvania especially if they have something in them besides for just cheese I will happily try them and I will reconsider my stuffed pasta notions but I just I can't believe it this many people are team ravioli what the tortellini is just way better yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Lorraine Stoddard, uh, team team stuff shells. I think I think that was the only supporter for team stuff shells to me. Yeah. Lorraine Stoddard, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. That's amazing. Uh, but yeah, now now and, and then there's there's further divisions we can go here too. Like, first of all, I think toasted ravioli are garbage. So St. Louis and Wawa people who like toasted ravioli are garbage. But <laughs> um, is pierogi ravioli? Because like I love pierogi. Well, so here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. When you start talking about like stuffed pasta and like dumpling type things, every culture has them. So if you want to start talking about every culture, then the conversation gets out of hand because everybody has their own version. And some people are like, no, it has to be like this. It has to be like that. So I feel like that you get to diminishing returns when you get into that that area. Because then I want to get, I mean, if we're going to go that way, I want to get my friend Anna, who's like 100% Polish on the line. And and pierogi are fucking delicious. Her mom's blueberry cream cheese dessert pierogi, because holy shit, that was one of the best I've ever eaten. Oh my God. She was like, it's a dessert pierogi. And I was like, and she was like, just eat it, you lame ass. And I did. (laughs) Yeah. um, But yeah, so I I, I don't know. Just ravioli? Like, especially, like, all, all I can think of with ravioli is Chef Boyardee canned mushy slop fake beef taco bell beef in there like <laughs> like and, and by the way chef boyardee pride of cleveland uh everyone loved him you know they should they should they should replace all the statues in cleveland with chef boyardee statues but <laughs> um but ooh, like that's all i can think of the ravioli and you don't get canned mushy fake beef tortellini out there no tortellini is just it's just rolled deliciousness yeah yeah um, and this is, well, Kyle, do you have anything else you want to say on this? No, I stand okay. by. Okay. So, so I actually then have a perfect segue into my next thing because my next thing is the latest story in the saga of the Russian girl I've been dating. And, um, but the reason this is a perfect segue is because I talked to her about the pasta debate a couple of days ago. And, uh, again, to just, cont- everybody's just, it's shit on Ethan week. Um, she was, she was all about team ravioli, all team ravioli. And I said, this is insane. Like the proportion of pasta to cheese, it's just way off. (laughs) Hey, that was not me. Yeah. Colin, we're still running the soundboard, even if Matt's in charge. Um, the, the proportion of the pasta, the cheese way off too much cheese. And she was like, no, there's no such thing. Give me all the cheese, all the cheese. And I imagine that's probably what some of the other team ravioli people think. Um, so anyways, all right. Now, so the second story, uh, or the second thing, so uh, fans of the podcast will remember that... Um, wait, 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 wait. Can, yes. you, can you back up? Can yes. you define saga? Um, saga is like a long-running tale, a long-running story. Star Wars is a saga. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Um, so those uh, fans of the podcast will recall that back in November, um, I broke my elbow ice skating. And it, uh, and not only that, which is shitty enough, but it was on a date. Um, and it was on a date with this Russian girl um, who I've been seeing. And um, uh, uh, the good news is we're hanging out and things things are better than ever. She's awesome. Like, like everything is, is really wonderful. Um, despite that, despite that, I was obviously like super humiliated, but she she apparently didn't mind. So that's the good news. Now, this story is not quite as amusing as that, although it wasn't amusing for me. It was amusing, I think, for you guys, me breaking my elbow on a date, ice skating like a fucking schmuck. Um, but this story, so the D.C. area like does not get very much snow, right? But this year we've gotten like a few snowstorms, uh, like legit for this area, not legit for where we're from, but legit for here. And one of them was this Sunday. And we decided we wanted to go for for a little winter hike, right? 
and she lives right next to this really nice park. And by walking through the park, you can go all the way to the Potomac River. And we wanted to do that. We thought it'd be really nice and it'd be really pretty with all the fresh snow falling and walking through the woods and just seeing, you know, all of the fresh, pristine snow and everything. And it was, it was great. It was beautiful. So we get all the way to the river. Now, the problem is that uh, the roads there are just these big parkways. And by this point, we had walked 11 miles and 22,000 steps. So we didn't, yeah, so it was, it was substantial. So we didn't particularly feel like hiking all the way back. And we kind of just wanted to get an Uber home. But the road where we were was like super inconvenient and the snow was still coming down even worse and it was getting dark. So all of the conditions were sort of deteriorating. It was it was not great. It was not ideal. But we're like, all right, let's just let's order an Uber. We'll hope they can handle it. We'll hope they get there. We order an Uber. It says they're going to be here in 25 minutes. We're like, all right, well, it is what it is. Let's just fucking, you know, waste our time and, and, and see if, uh, you know, we can survive. 20 minutes go by. I check my phone. It's canceled. Gone. And then it's a new driver and it's like a new 15 minute wait. And I'm like, motherfucker. So then what we end up doing is we end up booking a new ride from Lyft. And we do one of these Lux ones, which I never, ever do. I never splurge. But it's like an SUV and you can like request shit and blah, blah, blah. We didn't need any of that. We just wanted somebody to come fucking get us, right? Now, this guy, thankfully, he comes. He finds he finds a spot on this really weird parkway. He finds a spot where we can get to him and it doesn't mess with traffic. Um, so that was great. But I'm flustered at this point. You know, I'm a little flustered. We've we've been sitting in the cold. It's dark. The snow's coming down. The cars were pissing me off. And so, and we kind of have to run across a couple lanes of the parkway to get to the car. And as we're getting over there, um, I kind of like had my gloves off because I had like my 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 phone in one hand and I, I needed to not be wearing a glove. So I kind of have my gloves in a hand, my phone in a hand, and then I have to like fumble around to get my mask on before I get in the car. And I'm just all flustered overall. We get in the car. Hallelujah. We made it. We start driving a couple minutes and I start like checking my, you know, checking myself, checking the seat, looking for my phone to put it back in my pocket. Uh-huh. And I, don't, I don't, and I don't find my phone anywhere. I can't find my phone. And I'm like, motherfucker. And because you guys know, I'm as neurotic as, as they come. Like this shit does not happen to me. Every time I leave a fucking room, I check wallet, key, phone. Like I touch my pockets all the goddamn time, <laughs> right? Like it's fucking, it's like a fucking disease. Okay. So I'm so pissed at this point, just at myself. I'm just furious, right? We drive home, and um, thankfully, the my lady friend is lovely and supportive and sweet, and she's like, "Don't worry, we're gonna we'll go look for it. We'll try to find it. It's gonna be okay." And I'm like, you know, I'm just like so pissed, right? Um, so we get home, we brush off my car, we head back out. The roads, thankfully, by this point, even though the snow had been coming down, the highway was actually in good shape. So we we get to the spot in like ten minutes. We're walking around. We're walking around. She's calling it. I'm searching for it. It's pretty dark at this point. Nothing for the first couple minutes, but I'm looking around and then I see a little black rectangle in the snow and I go closer. Sure enough, it's my phone. So not only was it my phone, it was still fucking working. Like the call was showing up, her name and her contact photo, everything was working. The only thing that had happened was that the sound got messed up, but that was before I dropped it. So I find the phone. I'm hugely relieved. It's not totally broken. We go back home. No problem driving, right? We didn't, you know, no no problems with traffic or spinning out or anything. It was good. Um, put the phone in a uh, wrapped in paper towel and put it in a bag with rice overnight um, to hopefully get any moisture out. And sure enough, the next morning, the sound is back to normal. Everything's back to normal. So uh, an actual happy ending to, to a very stressful uh, uh, couple of hours. Like it was like the worst luck ever. And then like really good luck. I can't believe that the phone is like totally fine after like having sat, sat in the snow for like 20 minutes um, or half an hour, whatever it was. Um, so yeah, it was a great hike until, until the, like the last half hour or so. This whole as, time as, I was waiting for you to be like, and then I slipped on some ice and dropped it down two, two flights of stairs. In the screen <laughs> or like, or like rebroke my elbow, like fell on <laughs> yeah. some ice and like fell on the same elbow again. No, no. It was just like so fucking annoying to like drop my phone in the snow because I'm not the type of person that would do that. And the snow is shitty and they're not good at plowing here. And so I was like so pissed and so annoyed, um, but miraculously found found my phone. So uh, the moral, the lesson of this story for for all of our listeners out there. Number one, uh, um, even if you're flustered, make sure you have your fucking phone. Don't let your flustering take take you over. That's the first thing. The second thing is... If you do happen to drop it somewhere, you lose it somewhere, don't despair. Give it a shot. Because I'm the most cynical, pessimistic person there is. I thought there was zero chance I was finding that fucking phone, and I found it. So don't despair if it happens to you. That's the moral of the story.
I really thought you were going to tell a story about you falling in the river. So <laughs> I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're giving her ideas because she's probably going to listen to this because she wants to hear me <laughs> tell this story. So next time we go on a hike, she's going to try to trick me into, the, you know, a, a, just like a location. She, she'll probably be like, oh, you know, Ethan, I bet you we could take a really nice picture right there by the shore of the <laughs> river. It would be so beautiful. And we'll get over there and I'll get out like ready for the selfie with my, you know, my wingspan. You know, I got amazing wingspan. And then boom, shove right into the river I go. That's that's Zoe what's Barnes style. Now, when you listen to this, do it. Do it. Zoe Barnes style. <laughs> right, exactly. Great content. Please help us out. <laughs> <laughs> and and then as you're falling into the river ethan this little voice in your head would have been saying something along the lines of you should have planned ahead oh my god yes okay so really quick backstory for that in case people don't know colin loves to say that he's been saying that to me for like our entire adult lives um going back to when we lived together and we started living together in 2013 so this has been going on for a long time now whenever i'm like complaining about something or i'm annoyed about something no matter what, no matter what, uh, even even if everything I'm saying is completely valid, and I'll admit it's not always. Sometimes I'm just bitching because I like to bitch. But Colin will always say, you should have planned ahead. And I fucking hate it. And so you're you're right, Colin. I probably would. I probably would be hearing your voice. You should have planned ahead. You know what? You know what the problem with you just telling that story is, right, Ethan? What? I didn't know that before. About the should have planned ahead <laughs> so, thing? Uh, you didn't know this? Oh, nope. I thought you knew this by now. God damn it. Yes. But the question is, can you get the tone he gets? Because that's the thing. He gets a fucking tone of voice. That's what gets me. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I'll spring it on you when you're at least expecting it. Yeah. It's it'll coming pro- from the guy who is it'll probably work. master planner who, you know, plans ahead for everything. So, yeah. The point yeah. where, like, when I'm on vacation with my friend Matt in Europe, he's calling me Jason Bourne because I'm, like, looking at all the exits, making sure I know, <laughs> like... Wait, you know. Matt, are you trying to tell us something? Were you Were you recruited when you were at Case and you never told us? I mean... You know, you know, I know they go after these smart nerds to be analysts and shit like that. So just just saying when even when we were blackout drunk, this guy got every everyone home every night yeah. because of my forethought and planning. It is very impressive. And that's why you were the fucking like fraternity. Uh, weren't you like what were you the president or whatever? The, yeah, the house that, that the... Was more just like herding cats. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> all right. Well, still, you have impressive uh, you have impressive leadership and logistical skills. Oh, well, thank you. Well, thank you. Know, I, I guess that's go. maybe a good thing that, that I'm running a dirt factory then. So. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> um, well, I think that might do it, guys. I don't know. I mean, oh, wait, I have one thing. Oh, okay. okay. I want to know a number one to ten. Matt, what's your worry meter for the Packers this weekend? Ooh, seven. Who are they playing? Niners, the team, the one team that didn't want them to play. Where are they in in Green Bay? In Green Bay, but um, Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Packer. Seven out of ten—that's pretty substantial worry, there, dude. Yeah, Garoppolo may not even start, which probably is going to be even worse. I mean, we we barely beat him earlier this year. It's going to be a game where it's going to be zero degrees, and it's going to be like a run-focused game. Um, Packers are getting a lot of folks back, but I'm still I'm still nervous that. uh, we won't be able to stop Debo Samuel on the 49ers rushing attack. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Um, I'll be, be grateful. You have something season. to be nervous about. Yeah, what? for real. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, what can I say with, with three straight 13 win seasons? I mean, yeah. <laughs> is, is that right? Three straight 13 win seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, ha- Colin, have the giants won 13 at all? Like in, in the last like, uh, 15 years. Yeah. I know they've won like 11 or 12 a couple times. I think they won it the year Plax shot himself. Uh, that year was so, they were, ugh, they were fucking rolling that year. Yeah, I remember I, think, I was so excited that year. I think LaFleur is 39 and 10 in his first three seasons in the regular season as head coach. Um, Damn. Yeah. I mean, you're, you inherit Aaron Rodgers. You better be pretty good. But Yeah, true. Matt, no matter what happens this weekend. All you have to do is be thankful that Mike McCarthy is not your head coach. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I could have told you that when they hired him. Like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> but one other fun stat that I want to bring up, uh, thanks to my friend Matt in Cleveland, Tom Brady is older than any of the three potential head coaches he'll face in the NFC playoffs for the rest of the, for the, rest of the ride this year. <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I, I got such a good 
Incredible. I got such a good crack up this morning when he sent me that. I mean, that uh, is amazing. I think Lafleur and McDermott, or not McDermott, uh, Sean McVeigh, or whatever that guy in LA, are like thirty nine yeah, or something, and yeah. and wow. Harbaugh or no Shanahan, excuse me, is forty two. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my Holy god, crap! So crazy. But the goat, as they call him. Yep. Yep. <sighs> nice. Hopefully. Hopefully we the Packers win and there's not much talk to talk about next week on the pod. You can just be happy to uh, be prepping for an NFC championship game that we're going to win because I'm sick of losing NFC championship games. I think we've lost four or five in the past 15 years. So come on Packers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you guys got anything else? I'm good. You tell me when to cut it off. Team, team stuff shells. Team stuff shells. Tortellini, Jesus fucking Christ. Hey, Tortellini is I'm 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 slotting in above ravioli. No, I know you like Tortellini. I just wanted to end on an angry declaration of Tortellini support. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> I mean, all in all, we are all talking about adult macaroni and cheese. So Yeah, um, that's true, I guess. Yeah. I think everyone wins. Yeah. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.